Welcome. Here you will hear stories of the unknown, tales of the twisted and terrible that have been silenced. The strange and the transcendent, riddles, secrets. As your guides, we will take you on an expedition where the curtain between worlds is torn. This is the farthest reaches. How you guys doing? Oh, I'm you doing, doing good, good, man. How you doing? Not doing good. <clears throat> doing nice. all right, all things considered. You look good. I like the quarantine facial hair. Yeah, the, the we all I, got a little bit of that. I don't give a shit look anymore. Yeah. Man, Josh has a lot of it. That that's what happened when I started growing my hair out. I was like, I just don't give a shit. I feel like you've been able to grow a beard since like we were like four. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Since, since we were like in high school. Yeah, he had a, he had a beard before he said his first words. Yeah, <laughs> my first word was beard. Was beard. <laughs> <laughs> don't shave me. <laughs> ah, man. Are time. you a dog? <laughs> I like almost, what my dog does, I almost dude. guarantee he or she, whoever it was, could have heard that. They didn't look. They looked behind him, though. They yeah. came back, and they're giving Josh the finger now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck you. <laughs> All right. Hey, man, he's, he's got my absentee ballot. Leave him alone. <gasps> Let me go mug him. <laughs> Throw it in a paper shredder. Get fucked. <laughs> Did you see that thing where apparently people they they had to put out a like a a public service thing in in California telling people to stop disinfecting their ballots? No, I didn't see that people, at all. People were disinfecting their ballots with hand sanitizer, and people somebody apparently tried to microwave their ballot. I'm not fucking making this up. That's awesome. No, anyway, hey, hey, welcome to the farthest reaches, everybody. My name is Brady, and I'm joined here today with my fellow host, the guy to the left of me, but you can't see, so that's really irrelevant. Josh! Hello! Hey, there's Josh and... Matt! <laughs> I was going to talk you up and be like, this glorious nah. SOB to my right, and... You, you don't just... need to talk me up, people know. Do they? Uh... I mean, yeah, they I, well, you're right, they form their own opinions. I was <laughs> trying to help change those opinions, mm, and you yeah. kind of mm. stopped that, so... Mm. That's fine. <laughs> that is fine. I, I know don't everybody want them listens to this hates me anyway, so. I don't want them to change. I want people to email us That's all the their rip- opinions oh, yeah? on us. Primarily me, Matt. Because why not? Wink, wink. Yeah, I mean, with the amount of times we talk about food, they probably think you're a huge yeah. man. Send me emails. Well, send us emails of your favorite food. Ooh. Ooh. Especially pictures for you, right? You'll start salivating. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'll do much more than salivate, dude. Ooh, I'll salivate out of the top of me and you'll, the bottom of me. You'll, you'll masticate? You are so gross. Mas- I said masticate. Oh, you heard that new song by Theory of a Dead Man? Masturbate? No, what? I haven't, but... <laughs> Oh, I'm. Oh, I'm sorry. Is it? Is it medicate? I'm sorry. Have you heard of it? Oh, I think I have. Yeah, masturbate. Yeah, it's a good song. Good song. I like it. Well, real quick, we are on <laughs> social media. No, we're not. Nuh-uh. We're on. I Facebook. deleted it all. Actually, oh, actually, I commend you. Good job. We but just, if well, wait, huh? once upon a time, we were on <laughs> Facebook. We might be yeah. back by the time you listen to this. Uh, we deleted all social media, but mm-hmm. I've made a new account MySpace. on MySpace. Thank you, Josh. There we go. And Bringing linked, it back. LinkedIn. We also have a SoundCloud. Actually, do we have a SoundCloud? Ironically, I think I did make one, but I don't do anything with it. <laughs> Check out the SoundCloud for the hottest <laughs> mixtape version of The Farthest Reaches. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, but yeah, we're we got to be uh, SoundCloud <laughs> rappers with our face tattoos. Mm, yeah. That's fine. Um, um, Facebook. Yeah. Face, Facebook group. We're on there. Farthest yep. reaches. And answer those questions. Answer those questions. You have a group. Keep the bots out. Those pesky bots. Um, we're also, podcast at gmail.com. 
I beat oh, you to it no, again. No, I was going to say we're also on Twitter at TFRPodOfficial. And then we're on Gmail. The farthest reaches podcast at gmail.com. Whoa, you did it. Don't forget the podcast part. Oh, I'm all out of yeah. I'm all out of sync now. This is weird. I know. I've completely uh, chopped up the flow of everything. Like um uh go on <sighs> to if you're on Apple Pod if you have Apple Podcasts, go and leave us a review. Uh, we don't have any new reviews since we last read them off, but if you leave us one, even if it's awful, we'll read it. I don't care. You can leave yeah. us a one star. I will read it. Oh, and I will give you a shout out. I've been meaning to ask you about that and I totally forgot. But uh the last review that you read yes. said it was from a guy named like Saraf or something. I don't know if it's a guy or a girl. I just know and, that uh, somebody left it. True. And you, uh, I think I think it said that you know, they mispronounced stuff, yada, 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 yada. Do you know if that word is actually Saraf or if it's Seraph, like an angel? Do you know how it's spelled? Because it makes me laugh if that is mispronounced in his review of us mispronouncing things. <laughs> it's only fitting to the theme. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't remember. We're what, I don't not know, English majors. I don't know what I don't his name was spelled. English. Um, how the username was spelled. But yeah, go ahead and leave us a review. We will read it, even if it's awful. I don't care. Uh, you know, within reason. You know, try try to keep it relatively PG. I guess. No. Um. Also, where if you can rate us anywhere else, subscribe to us. Um, I know a lot of you listen on Spotify. Go ahead yep. and subscribe to us on Spotify so you can keep up with every little bit of episode and news that we have and maybe future changes. Well Share said, my friend. Friends. Well mm-hmm. said. That being said, I think... Yes. Well, no, Ooh, Josh, oh, you yes. Have more? Please, more? people, share us. Yeah, word your of friends, mouth. Your family, strangers. Media. Just share the hell out of us. That's the best way for podcasts to grow. It really, really is. Exactly. And, and since it's still October, if you have those spooky ghost stories or spooky. whatever kind of entities that uh, you've been involved with in some sort of haunting, email us. Yeah, we've been getting uh, a lot of submissions lately. Oh, dude, we have like 10 or 11 submissions. I'm not You're getting lying. Brady. No, no. no. I, I never checked the email. <laughs> no, we've got. We, we actually have a bunch of submissions. Yeah, we've actually got. Yeah, I'll look right Ooh, now. It sounds like we might have to make a special and, little episode. Yeah, then. they're pretty solid. We're going to do a. Uh, Pretty much a bonus episode for everybody. It's just going to be a listener tale. Yeah, yeah, that's a. I like that. I like the title, listener tales. So if you if you want us to uh, to get those, try to get those in by (laughs) let's say October. Yeah, I would say like October twenty fifth. That's what I I was thinking. Gives enough time. Look at that. If you if you still have one (laughs) and you get it on the twenty sixth or twenty seventh, there still might be time. But if you want a for sure chance of it making it on 25th, try to get them in before the 25th. And if we get enough, we will do... We can do multiple well, yeah, episodes. Yeah. We'll do multiple episodes depending on how many we get. from every email. I will not let one email go to waste. Just so there you know. Go. So, so they better be and, good. And that email address, again, uh, you know, where people can understand it. The farthest reaches podcast at gmail.com. Awesome. And, yeah. you, and to one other thing, you don't have to state your name. Just let sure. us know in the email if you want us to do it anonymously or let us know like what name you want us to call us. How, if it's however first you want, name, yeah. last name, whatever Even you want. Even a nickname, yeah. How, however you want us to handle it, whatever makes you comfortable, <clears throat> yep, that's fine. Let us we know. don't need all your personal life details or anything. But I, I will need your social security number, uh, your credit card, your... Yeah, put your, in the header stuff. your social security number and let us know what we should call you with your CV yeah, CVV. CVV. Yeah, yeah yep. CVV number on the back, please. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And how we many have, of those are spam? We have eight. None, but <laughs> no way. There, there is two from one person. That's okay. If you got multiple stories, we got a double dipper. Know, we we might we might might not put both of them in the same episode, but we will. Oh, definitely I, I use emailed them. her back and said, "Send it to us. We'll use them Do for it. sure. Send, Send us them more. as many as you want. We love them, man. We yeah. love them." 
That's it. That's awesome. We like the community engagement. We'd like to keep yep. that going. All of that being said, we have another spooky haunting episode for you guys. Yeah, do it, musical effects guy. <sighs> yeah, never <laughs> gets old. For, for some reason, when I'm You're hearing that, to talk over it, but okay. I'm no. thinking of a. Uh, Thinking of it's always sunny in Philadelphia, day man, day man, <laughs> ah, fighter of the night man. Ah, okay, well that sounds like of the sun. that sounds like immigrant song from Led Zeppelin now. <laughs> or Flash Gordon. He's a master. Oh, of I love Flash Gordon and friendship ah. for everyone. Day man, defender of the universe. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, good, no, but good. today we are talking about the infamous. Stanley Hudson from the office. No. <laughs> uh, Stanley Hotel. Pretzelday. Yes, we are. Pretzelday. <laughs> a, a legend that I didn't know seemed to be as active paranormally. Sure. Oh, yeah. Stanley before, Hotel, before I looked into it. Stanley Hotel is like notorious for being one of the most haunted places, at least in the U.S. Ooh, well, you know, I think, that, I think that's a really good starting point, Josh. What is the Stanley Hotel? most famous for at least for inspiring yeah matt what is it huh, huh, huh. do you know matt um i think i do but should i say it now or should i wait however you want to do it buddy all right but we'll, it's we'll... it's really spicy you know what no that's that's the thing we're gonna bring you in you have to hang with us for a little bit and then we'll tell you the super spicy thing you could probably google and figure out but that's not as fun <laughs> yeah, and then just turn the episode off yeah i think to be like all right that was cool i'm gonna go to bed now or i'm gonna yeah just do whatever. you know <laughs> it, it inspired some writer to write some book that yeah. inspired some movie and with hmm. some actor by some that's director actually all very valid and accurate no yeah, yeah it's weird it's <sighs> a it's a subpar movie. You may not have seen it. Yeah, you know, it's it's yeah, it's a real. That's like, what I hear. Yeah, really bombed. You know, nobody really, yeah. nobody really likes it. Anyway, Matt, like I said before, every one of these uh, haunted locations has a pretty good uh, history to it. Oh yeah, real uh, gnarly. Well, best. I shouldn't say. Well, how about good? This? <laughs> no, uh, that was probably wrong of me to say. Uh, every haunted tale has some history to it. It yeah. might not be necessarily about that location because the history I have here that I'm going to talk about for the Stanley Hotel isn't about the Stanley Hotel. It's about the gentleman that uh, created it, yep. I will say. Um, but like I said, the history is always there, so I will start off with that. We'll start where any story starts, at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> and where is that exactly? Uh, the the grand scheme of things, it's, yeah. it becomes... Right before the middle and then like way before the ends, but after the prologue. prologue I think it's prologue. Prologian. Prologian. I think it's yeah, so. like pro prologue. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's yeah. Wow. That's neat. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> so going fucking awesome. Our story starts with the Stanley twins. F.O. for Freeland Oscar Stanley and F.E. Francis Edgar Stanley. Although Effie has no ties with the Stanley Hotel, and it's mainly F.O., I thought it was important to bring forth some of the history of both brothers, you know, just to give a nice solid background for the beginning of this show. So the brothers were born on June 1st, 1849, and began displaying hints of being gifted with sharp and inquisitive minds at a very early age. In addition, they proved to be quite ambitious in their quest for knowledge. In 1870, at the age of 20, the brothers began their collegiate education at Western State Normal School, with the intention of becoming educators. 
Francis Edgar soon found that academic schooling was not to his liking and left to pursue a career as a portrait artist. Freeland Oscar, on the other hand, he actually continued his education at Hebron Academy from 1871 to 1873, and finally Bowdoin College in Brunswick from 1873 to 1874. I don't know the reputation of those places. I don't know. Are those like Harvard, <clears throat> Yale? Does anybody out there know? Yeah, let us know. This, I, don't, this, I, don't, this is I was going to say, I don't follow colleges. So. It's kind of like the uh, the Door of the Explorer thing, right? You know, yeah. Shout it out. Let us know. It's like, oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Whatever you said, you're right. If you're driving right now, you better be yelling in your car. Yeah, roll your windows down to scream at the top of your lungs. Mm, yes. Speaking of that, on the way over here today, I drove in rush hour traffic for the first time in like seven months. And I remember why I hated it so much. It was yeah, terrible. It's, awful. it's actually I, funny you bring that up because before you got here, I looked at Josh. I'm like, do you think? Brady, before he leaves and comes on over here, he just like walks downstairs to his parking garage and sits in his car with like a cigar and he just kind of smokes it for 15 minutes and he's like, fuck, let's do this. And he you, goes, you're almost accurate. <laughs> it's, it's, it's with a pipe, but same concept. Yes. I, I did wonder what was taking just a little bit too long today. That was traffic. I was worried. It was definitely traffic. I was worried, dude. I know. I had nine and one dial and I was ready for that last <laughs> Trying one. Trying to hit that last one in there. <laughs> it's a real emergency. Now, hey, you know what? I'm honored that you worry about me that much. Oh, yeah? Yeah. No. It shows that really do. the integrity of this show would not exist without me as a part of it. and that That's why you know. the OSQ episodes are complete <laughs> clusterfuck. No, they're complete, probably completely better. <laughs> well, following his time at Bowdoin, mm -hmm. Stanley accepted a position as headmaster of the high school in Mechanic Falls, Maine, where he Hogwarts? met... Huh? Was that Hogwarts? Sorry, you said headmaster and instantly I think <laughs> Oh, God, Brady. <laughs> Sorry. It'd be, it'd be much cooler if it was. be cooler if you did. So, the high school in Mechanic Falls, Maine, and that is where he met Flora Jane Record Tileston, and she was a teacher and a pianist. Now, eventually, both brothers turned their creative talents toward inventing and manufacturing endeavors that included establishment of the first company for the commercial manufacture of violins. They also had the invention of a home generator for gas utilized for illumination and pioneering work in the development of early X-ray equipment. Then in 1875, at age 26, F.E. purchased a photographic studio for an investment of $500, an endeavor that would prove to be the Stanley Brothers' path toward fame as well as fortune. So F.O. Stanley and the aforementioned Flora, they eventually were married in 1876. Congrats. Now comes the year in 1885. And so after nearly a decade of attentive management provided the capital for the development of the first practical dry photographic plate process, F.O. joined his brother as a full partner in the new company for photography. This guy sounds like total cheese, man. I'm no shit. Saying, like, now, I'm sure a lot of people are like, what did he just say when I said dry photographic plate process? Well, I'll let you know a little bit about what that is, just so you have an idea. So the gelatin or the dry plate photographic process was invented in 1871 by Dr. Richard L. Maddox. And this involved the coating of glass photographic plates with a light sensitive gelatin emulsion and allowing them to dry prior to use. This made for a much more practical process than the wet plate process as the plate could be transported, exposed, and then processed at a later date rather than having to coat, expose, and process the plate in one sitting. So basically, this new process just simplified the work for photographers and allowed them to ex expand their businesses. Sure, ah. it didn't. It, you didn't. Ha it allowed them to, I guess, not have to do everything all at once, and you could probably have a yep. backlog of things developing. 
yeah, that sounds pretty awesome, man. These yeah. guys, you know, they're like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously that doesn't affect too many people. Not everybody's a photographer or by any means like that. No. But, but still, that's super, I don't know, that's interesting. You oh, know? yeah. I mean, these guys, like they said, you know, it starts at a young age. I mean, the violins that they that they were manufacturing sure. and then the new uh, photographic process. And uh, how many violins did you make when you were a child, Matt? Um, let's see, uh, this one <laughs> for those, you know, since this is an audio format, he is playing the world's smallest violin between his index and thumb. Actually makes noise. How about that? Oh, look at that. Yeah. Like I feel like that? I'm about to get stabbed in a shower. <laughs> <laughs> That's for the other podcast. Mm, sorry. <laughs> so now we're moving on into the year 1888. Ooh. And that facility in Maine, where they had established their photography business, uh, they sold it. And a new larger company, Stanley Brothers Dry Plate Manufacturing Company, was established in Watertown, Massachusetts. Just rolls right off the tongue. Doesn't, doesn't it, though? The Stanley Brothers Dry Plate Manufacturing Company. I wonder what they manufacture. I believe dry plates? Uh yeah, like fine china. Oh, they just man. they just dry it. it. Yeah. They just dry it. It comes in wet, they dry it and they give it back. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> if not them who. I mean, I think about like, you know, our emails with the farthest reaches podcast at Gmail. Could you imagine the Stanley Brothers Dry Plate Manufacturing Company podcast at Gmail? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, unfortunately, the demise of this pioneering company was not the result of any like anemic sales or poor management or even technological development, but it was an encounter with the display of a steam-powered carriage at the Brockton, Massachusetts Fair in 1896. So yeah. someone comes in with a new type of car, and before you know it, your photography business is just in the shitter. Simple as that. It's formulaic at that point. Mm. It's kind of like, um, I think the Ouija boards, when they were first really making headway in the country, I think they outsold Monopoly one year. You like know. board games, some yeah. weird, weird, random yeah. fact just to throw in there. Oh yeah, because like I mean, early days people were kind of obsessed with the occult, and then they became evil the, and the satanic panic. Yep, yep. And now it's <clears> becoming <throat> a thing again. So hey, and that's uh, strangely okay with me. <laughs> I'm alright. <laughs> you say you're honored. I know. I said I'm alright with it. I thought you said you're honored. I'm like the fuck are you honored for? <laughs> I made the Ouija board. Fuck off. Uh, so though the initial demonstration of the primitive automobile was rather lackluster, resultant of multiple breakdowns, it was enough to pique the imaginative mind of F.E. early in 1897. A steam engine and boiler were purchased from J.W. Penny and Sons, a body was purchased from Courier, Cameron, and Company, and a wide array of other parts were acquired from a variety of manufacturers. It just dawned on me that a lot of these companies in this story uh, literally just the names of you. Yeah, that was kind of the yeah. thing. Yeah, Courier, Cameron, and Company. Yep. J.W. Penny and Sons. Probably J.C. Penny. That's what I think of when I hear that, too. And then uh, the Stanley Brothers, the, 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 the manufacturing photographic <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, I mean, that's how a lot of companies <laughs> and shit got their name. And It's like a tongue twister. Say it five times <clears> fast. I know. I mean, you're, I mean, you're right. I mean, think about like, you know, like J.P. Morgan, you know. Yep. Banking. Sorry. Sorry, you know, I was drinking, yeah, yeah, drinking yeah, some water. That was really good timing. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, yeah, I figured you'd chime <laughs> in. And then I'm just sitting here like, ah, oh, I'm blanking. Maybe Matt can think of more. Oh, no, he's taking a drink of water. Oh, you mean oh, J.P. God. Morgan, the guy I, I, I bank with? Yeah, do you bank with him specifically? Oh, yeah, you I mean think, the guy that fucked over Nikola Tesla? I think I think he's been dead for a couple hundred years. <laughs> oh. like, oh, I don't know. When, when did, Maybe it's when his spirit. J.P. Morgan alive? When? Whenever Nik Nikola oh, Tesla was alive. Or when did he die, I guess? Like, probably hundred. Does anyone care? Ago. It's not relevant to this, is it? I yeah, I was going to say, this isn't a history hey, it's podcast. Ghost. It's a ghost, man. It's a ghost. 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 It's
Ooh, yeah. That sounds pretty lit. Like literally, because light bulbs and stuff? Mm-hmm, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> coiling around. I'm so, going to scream. <laughs> now, the Stanley built steamer made its debut at the 1897 Brockton Fair, and the response received was such that the brothers were compelled to manufacture three more steam wagons. Hence the little known, like, yeah, do it, Brady, do it, do it, do it. Uh, Stanley Steamer. <laughs> we hear that on the television all the time and on the radio. Yep. But uh, it's not the same thing at all. The last of these initial models was sold for $650 to John, uh, John Brisbane Walker in 1898, who subsequently sold it for a profit to Amesy L. Barber, a uh, financier who specialized in investment in new technologies. The Stanley-built steam wagon bought by Walker generated so much interest, both Walker and Barber initiated negotiations to buy out the Stanley brothers. Initially, the brothers rejected these overtures. And now in November of 1898, F.E. stunned more than 5,000 spectators as he drove the improved model around a one-third mile track to a new world automotive speed record. Can anyone guess what that speed record was? It's probably like something like 25 miles per hour. I was thinking like 22. 27.4. Price is right, Josh wins. And he had no mechanical failure at all. Hey, look at that. Good look for him. That. Yeah. Look at that. Smart people. So overwhelmed with hundreds of orders as a result of the demonstration, the brothers felt compelled to initiate the manufacture of automobiles for sale to the general public. These brothers had it going. So this is pretty cool, man. Isn't it, though? Yeah. I mean, they went through so much in such little time, 20, 30-so years. All the different innovations they'd uh, contributed to. You know what I mean? Obviously, they didn't, didn't truly invent these things, yeah, but they've but... innovated. They, they grew on them and made them better and made them their own and made them you know, fun- more functional. Yeah, you're exactly that's correct. Real. That's, that's awesome, though. I mean, that's That's, that's, that's what I tried to do. I was in a band, and I was like, fuck that. I'm on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, look where that's got me. Yeah. Dude, same. Yeah, damn it, Brandon. <laughs> I haven't even toured yet in the podcast form. Did you tour as a band? Shut up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. You guys were like <laughs> super huge toy bus and everything. Jeez. Go ahead. <laughs> man, listen to this critic over here, man. Yeah. Pile it on. Yeah, please. Keep piling it on. <laughs> I'd like to drown in my own sorrow, please. <laughs> <laughs> you loser. So by the summer of 1899, 100 vehicles had been completed and sold, and the brothers had acquired patents for numerous key components. All of this uh, led Barber and Walker to redouble their efforts to purchase the company. So by the end of the summer, the brothers succumbed to the astounding offer made by John Walker, who purchased the company the brothers had built for less than $20,000 for $250,000. Woo! Someone do the inflation for that. Yeah, I think I will. Uh, what much- year was this again? Um, I think... 1899. Yeah, $1899. $250,000. Oh, man. That's got to be several hundred million is what my guess will be. Um, Let me finish out this paragraph before I do that. So he immediately sold half interest in the company to Omzi L. Barber, who was the other partner he has, um, for $250,000 as well. Initially, the new company manufactured vehicles under the name Automobile Company of America. But within weeks, it reorganized as Locomobiles Company of America. Almost immediately, the partnership disintegrated, and on July 18, 1899, it was announced uh, a Lorenzo Barber and J.B. Walker, organizers of the Locomobile 
uh, Company of America have made a partition in the outgrowth of the two companies. Barber will retain the locomobile company in Waterton, Massachusetts, and will manufacture Stanley carriages. Walker has taken the mobile company of America and will manufacture Stanley steam vehicles. The Stanley brothers will act as general managers of both companies for one year. So I did a little research while you're reading that. Um, fun fact, it seems like the uh, the U.S. track data for inflation goes to only goes back to 1914. So, okay. 1913, 1914. Yeah. So I just went and converted to 1914 money. Sure. Which, you know, we'll, we'll round up a little bit, I guess. In 1914 money, $200,000 would equate to 5.5. Two, three, four million dollars. So well, I did say 250,000. Oh, you say 250,000? I thought you said 200,000. But that might bad. be what? Seven million now? Seven and a half million? Either way, they walked away pretty nice. You're pretty close, actually. It's a little over 6.5 million. And then take that back into, you know, take that back 15 years. Yeah, I'd say you're probably pushing be seven. 10, 15 million. Who knows? I don't know if it'd be that much higher, but yeah, it is. Could at least, be 700 billion. Yeah. 700 billion Vietnamese dong? It's currency. It's a real currency. <laughs> or uh, what's the other one? Rubles? Is that what? Is that, is that what's still? in India? Uh, oh, they have rupees. Or India. rupees, maybe. Yeah. Um, rubles no, I, or I, Russia. I forget. Maybe that was it. I can't remember what I was reading, but it was something like. I don't know if they still have the ruble in Russia. It was like two hundred thousand rupees or rubles, whatnot, and like in American money, it's like four grand. Uh, I'm like, good lord. The the Zimbabwe dollar was like that too. The Zimbabwe dollar had like an insane exchange from like one dollar was like a hundred. This isn't the actual number, but it was, it was something crazy like a hundred million. One one U.S. dollar was one hundred million Zimbabwean dollars. Holy crap! Yeah, you just get crazy inflation. Like that's how they actually stopped a few years ago with all the stuff going on in Venezuela. They actually stopped doing the conversion ratio to other currencies mm -hmm. because it had spiraled so much that basically the currency was worthless so there was no real conversion factor wow. anymore yeah and my uh father actually has zimbabwe money does he really so that's practically worthless yeah so it's probably like a hundredth <laughs> of a hundredth of a hundredth of a cent or something uh yeah i would say yeah i would say that zimbabwean money that's pretty cool though pretty cool novelty so as an historical footnote in 1899 the stanley brothers played a key role in the launching of another american corporate icon the sale of their patents and photographic plate manufacturing company to George Eastman. And uh, that became the cornerstone for the Eastman Kodak Company. Oh, man. The, that, the people they're involved with, man. Well, I think Kodak's actually, like, obviously there's still pictures and stuff, but I think they somehow got into medical stuff as well. Yeah, Because I remember a few months ago with, with, the, with I, the, all the coronavirus stuff and the vaccine stuff, I remember their stock, like, spiked out of nowhere. They're like, oh, yeah, we're doing something medical-wise now. I'm like, yep. what? <laughs> Well, that seems easy enough, apparently. Damn. Yeah. So you know, flash photography and, you know, that's just like a bunch of the the car manufacturers, Ford and whatnot, that closed a bunch of plates out. And, yeah, they made ventilators. Mm -hmm. I think some even made gloves mm -hmm. and whatnot. Oh, yeah. They converted over a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pretty interesting stuff. Just, I didn't, I didn't really, I don't think anybody ever expected Kodak to, to be oh, involved not in the at medical all. industry. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember what the specifics were, though. Might have been some sort of, light treatment or something like that because yeah. they talk about doing like uv light and like lungs helps or something so i don't know yeah, could be that <clears> sounds <throat> off awfully like uh, tuberculosis UV I, treatment I know, on I lungs, know. yeah which uh we're going to get into Ooh, it comes back again who who would have imagined by the way <laughs> we yeah, did our first that episode a haunted place had some sort of disease like tuberculosis or typhoid we have, or we have so many episodes that have either a tie to tuberculosis or the melanids 
That's, <laughs> that's, like, that's like our stick now. Now, if we can just combine them two Tubercul- oh, somehow. The oh, ultimate f- episode of tuberculosis. Oh, Christ. This will, this will blow up. <laughs> what we ought to do is we ought to make our own fan fiction of... <laughs> Fan erotica fiction. The melon head, the melon head spread, tuber- yeah. spread tuberculosis. The origin of tuberculosis was actually the melon heads. I can't even imagine that. That is so just bizarre to me. I cannot even imagine that. So in 1901, as uh, technological advancements to the gasoline engine made them more practical, Locomobile reorganized, abandoned the use of steam propulsion, and sold the Stanley patents and former factory to the brothers Stanley, who had been developing improved components for steam engines. But like I said, like, I don't know, 42 seconds ago, in 1903, <laughs> at the age of 54, Stanley was stricken with a life-threatening case of tuberculosis. Tuberculosis. I'm glad you could say it. I'm glad you're- I've you're, gotten a lot of practice over this last year. Yeah. <laughs> now, some, some articles I find say that he actually had tuberculosis back in 1881, but it resurfaced, what? 14 years later, 24 years later, 22. I can't count. Yeah, it's like herpes, a little, right? Yeah, the his, well, the history is a little muddled. It is. There are, there are cases throughout his story that seem to branch off uh, a few times, and I guess just depending on which path you choose is the story you get. But uh, most of it, I would say, is cemented. So now in 1903, he has a life-threatening case of tuberculosis. Uh, the most highly recommended treatment of the day was... Fresh, Fresh air. air! Fresh air. How about that? Fresh, dry air, actually, with lots of sunlight and a hearty diet. Like, eat hearts. Like, you know, vampires and shit. And that's how the vampire incident happened. Yep. How well, about that? Well, and the funny thing is, yep. you know, <clears throat> the doctors recommended he go out to Colorado. And if you remember in the Mercy Brown incident... Went out to Colorado? Yeah, her to the Rocky brother Mountains. Edward went out to Colorado as well. They mm-hmm. could have been at the same place. Whoa! I didn't even think about that until just now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I had the exact same you two are so that, smart. You know, we're kind of the brains of the operation. You know, yeah, you know how it is. Wow, that's the bra- that's nice. The brains, the beauty. You're just the brawn. The, the brains, the beauty. I don't know about brawn. I mean, I saw him struggling to open a Twinkie wrapper earlier. <laughs> Who? Him? Me? You. Yeah, Me? he had to go for the scissors, man. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Shut up! Slandering him. There's nothing he can do about it. So, therefore, like many lungers of his day. As they say. Yeah, I read that. I'm like, I, first time I read it, I thought it was saying lungers. And I was like, what what, 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 what are lungers? <laughs> <laughs> I actually never heard that until I read this article yeah, I, I, yeah. I reference here. Um, but he resolved to take the creative air of the Rocky Mountains, excuse me, the Rocky Mountains in Colorado. The story is a bit muddy here, like we said, because uh, I'm not exactly sure what or who sent him to Colorado. But the main story I find is uh, something along the lines of this. So he made an appointment with Dr. Charles Boney or Bonnie, not sure, I'll say Bonnie, the preeminent American expert in the disease. Uh, Dr. Bonnie, a great advocate for home treatment, recommended that he would leave the hotel for a rented house at the first possible convenience. Stanley spent the remainder of the winter at 1401 Gilpin Street, but when his symptoms had not improved by June, he determined to summer in the Colorado mountains. Now, Bonnie recommended Estes Park, whose climate he compared with that of Davos, Switzerland, a posh resort for European tuberculetics. During their first summer, the couple stayed in a primitive cabin rented to them by the owners of the Elkhorn Lodge. Then over the course of the warm season, Stanley's health improved dramatically. 
Impressed by the beauty of the valley and grateful for his recovery, he decided to return every year. Yeah, they pretty much fell in love with that location. Yep. I now, mean, the landmarks are beautiful out there. I've never been there. Have you been there? I haven't been there personally, but like seeing <laughs> pictures and videos, I mean, it's gorgeous. I was genuinely curious. If that came off snarky, I didn't mean it. Yeah, it, it kind of did. It's like, oh, have you been out there? Oh, no. <laughs> but I was just saying, like, if you look at the pictures and the videos yeah, yeah. and everything, the landscape's Well, I gorgeous. mean... I've been to the Rocky Mountains. They're pretty sweet. Are they rocky? Exactly. Yeah. Is that where, is that where Rocky Road <laughs> cereal, or cereal? Fuck yeah. me. Yeah. Ice cream go. was you made. You nailed it. You nailed it there. No, but but I do uh, I do remember backpacking out there in the middle of July, and we were going down the side of a mountain, and it was just covered in snow. It's the first time I've seen snow somewhere in July in my life. Totally threw me for a loop. I've seen a couple uh, pictures and videos from uh, Brittany and Taylor. They went mm -hmm. on vacation there, and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was beautiful. From what I saw, just driving down the road and looking mm -hmm. at the like skyscraper almost mountains with oh, the yeah. snow all over it. Yeah, it looked beautiful, but that's basically all I see. So by the end of the summer of 1903, uh, Stanley had acquired property in Estes Park and with the help of English architect Henry Lord Cornwallis Rogers, uh, yeah, whose acquaintance... Cool. Huh? Oh, I wish I, I was that cool. That's a cool name. Whose acquaintance the Stanleys had recently made, he began the construction of Rockside, his home in Colorado, Stanley's home. Completed in 1905, the Stanley Cottage was built with four bedrooms, gracious living areas, and a modern kitchen so that Flora could entertain summer guests. Now, Stanley, whose primary leisure activities involved billiards, violins, and steam cars, designed a basement with space for a billiard table and a detached garage with a violin workshop and a turntable so that the steam car could exit frontwise rather than in reverse. That's so cool. Isn't it? <laughs> Good lore, everything about this man. So the front door opened into a veranda vase, uh, facing south with a view across the Estes Valley towards Long's Peak. Now, Dr. Charles Bonney apparently approved of his patient's design choices and included images of the house in his book, Pulmonary Tuberculosis and Its Complications of 1908, if you'd like to go check that out. I already read it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, his house, Stanley's house, actually remains standing today west of the Stanley Hotel as a private home. And you can tell the resemblance because the house and the hotel actually have very similar, if not the same, at points, color schemes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Nice of whoever the current owner is to leave it relatively untouched in yeah. that way, you know? Yeah, even when it went through handfuls of different owners yeah. over the years, I'm surprised that no one's changed it too dramatically. So now... The mythology goes that F.O. Stanley's home wasn't sufficient for at least the number of guests that his wife Flora wanted to entertain, since especially tourism there kept increasing. Uh, instead of the improvements on the home, Freeland Oscar decided to do one better, and then that's how the Stanley Hotel came about, supposedly. Yeah, the original idea they wanted to place I, for like all their rich friends from the like New England area to come out and have places to spend the uh, the summertime. Yeah. How exactly? How many people was was this lady uh, entertaining? I don't know, but I mean, like he mentioned, uh, well, all their rich friends and stuff. So, I mean, this uh, Stanley Hotel is huge. I'm, I'm just thinking of that that one point where, like, oh man, you know what? Screw it. We might as well just build a hotel. <laughs> you know what, what I mean? Well, like, how many say, freaking I mean, people? Well, you have to think the amount of people, like everything that they're involved with, the amount of True, people that they do you're know. Right. And I mean, they were pretty wealthy, and they had friends that they wanted to come out. Oh yeah, I wasn't criticizing the decision more so. Of like, I've never, I've never been at that point where I'm like, you know what? I've just had so many people over at my house. I might as well just build a damn hotel at this. Point. That's what I'm thinking. He's like on his porch, like in a rocking chair, just sitting there, like you know, enjoying life, doing his, doing this with his fingers, mm -hmm. and he's just like hmm, enjoying his day. His wife comes out, and he's like, honey, we need company. Yeah, we need company, and the house is not big enough. 
could you like do something about it? And he's like, oh, I guess I'll just fucking build a hotel. <laughs> See, oh, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be great if you can, you know, no, no pressure just or anything, just whenever you can. Just done completely out of spite at that point. Oh, she wants a hotel. Build I guess I'll just build a fucking, fucking hotel. hotel. <laughs> I'm not a bigger whole fucking city for that matter. <laughs> build her a whole new planet, send her off there. No, I'm just kidding. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that, no, like your, uh, your facial expression there, Brady, that's what I thought when I read that. You know, yeah. the, I hear the mythology goes that she just wanted to entertain more guests. And I think I did read something like Josh pointed out about they wanted a, a bigger area for yeah. their guests to come over and spend well, the I, night, the summer, the year, whatever yeah. it may be. No, I believe it. And plus, I oh, mean, I it's too. just another money-making venture, too, oh, at that God. point. So, I mean... Yeah, I mean, yeah. What else can you do with, uh, what'd you say? About $7 million? About $7 million just from that one thing, not counting any of, the, any of their other endeavors that they made money on. Mm-hmm. A lot of money. Yeah, a lot of money. So, in 1907, he initiated construction of the Stanley Hotel which, of course, was a grand hotel that had opened up in 1909. And uh, it's currently listed on the National Register of Historic Places. And it served as an inspiration for what we mentioned at the very, very beginning of this podcast. Dragon Tales. <laughs> <laughs> uh, recess. Brady. Classic, Wrong show. Classic. Recess. Fucking Spinelli. Eraserhead. What was, what was that, what was that kid? Rand Randall? Rant, what was the, the, the Fuck snitch? Fuck me, dude. Yeah, I have yeah, no, yeah, I have no I, idea. I just know Spinelli. Spinelli and, uh, yeah. DJ Detweiler. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> God, I remember that. No, it's, uh... Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. The, the, the Shining. The, the, the Shining. He did it. He did it. He said it already. He said it. The he Shining. Said, he said the title. He said... He said, guys, he said the title. I love when they say the title of something in the podcast or the title of something in a movie. Mm, I know. It's great. Did you say it inspired a movie? Or the book first. Don't fuck it up, Matt. What came I first? I didn't say either. I just said it inspired the shining. Inspired, uh, okay, okay, yeah. Okay. I was just trying to make sure. Say, why were you assuming we'd say something wrong? I'm Joshua? just making sure. Inspired inspiration mm. for what came Stephen first? The chicken or the egg? Yes. Book. It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna hurt the chicken. <laughs> it hurt the egg too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So fo. Spent the remainder of his life developing Estes Park with the establishment of the first bank there, as well as a sewer, power, and a water company. This dude's just building his own compound in Colorado. <laughs> He's just literally just building his own town. It's like, you I'm going to live here. Hey, I respect it. I mean, if you think about it, it's kind of like Waverly, Ho uh, the Waverly Hotel. <laughs> Wa Waverly Hills. <laughs> Stanley Sanatorium. <laughs> Stanley. Yeah, there you go. Do you think they use uh, Stanley steamers to clean it? <laughs> I would say, with all the evidence I found, yes. It highly points to that. Yeah, I'd say I don't see how you could dispute that in any meaningful way. Um, mm -mm, and mm -mm. it is kind of cool, like, if the the parallels between The Shining and the Stanley Hotel, how the Stanley Hotel at the time was just a summer resort because they didn't have heating. Yeah, they so, would close down in the winters. Yep, so it, similar yep. to the hotel, the Overlook in uh, The Shining. Definitely thought you were going to say Stanley Steamer instead of Stanley Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. crust, trust me, crust me, trust yeah. me. <laughs> I will not crust you, sir. <laughs> I would rather not. Damn it, why not? But no, like it crossed well, me. Sounded, that sounded like the grossest word. That's the grossest <laughs> that phrase you could have said really... for anal, dude. Oh, God. That, it's just like, oh, it just, just a, made it even worse. It's a whole yeah. other level. I did. Wow, I did. Okay, I'll take wow. it more. That's just what, a little sorry. bit. A little All bit right, of you're it. done talking, Josh. <laughs> a little bit of it is left Josh! right there. Right there. Help! Yeah, no. On the brown Josh! eye. <laughs> Dripping down the. Josh! <laughs> Come. <laughs> you're disgusting. But no, trust me, the Stanley Steamer, like, it crossed my brown <laughs> 
You'd have to get a Stanley steamer to clean that. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, we're so sorry. Please stand by. If you were built like an uncrustable dude, I wouldn't have to crust you. Just <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Please stand by again. Okay, folks, things got a little out of hand there. Um, I think we, uh, I think we all need to, to just work on our maturity. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Just really bring crusticity. It. Oh God! <laughs> all right. Something about the shining. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, what were we talking seasonal about? Seasonal hotel. We're, You're yeah. talking about seasonal hotel, and then it just season his ass is what I'm talking Stop. about. Stop. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> now, now we're back from the technical difficulties. Um, we've we've found the solution to our problem. I have turned off Matthew's microphone. I'm still here. <laughs> but you won't hear him as much. So that, that'll be nice. Okay, now, Josh, you, you were saying, though, yeah, it was a seasonal <laughs> hotel, kind of like, oh, God. Is that Gremlin? <laughs> yeah, no, it was a seasonal hotel. It was open mm -hmm. in the uh, summer times. They'd close down during the winters, usually around October. Mm -hmm. And Similar, like I said, to the Overlook. Yeah. How, you know, that's why Jack Nicholson and his, his family were there. Frozen in a hedge maze. Yep. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Sorry if you haven't seen <laughs> The Shining. It's only been out for forever. Oh, God. Yeah. Like 40 30, years? 30, 40 years? Yeah, say, I think yeah. When was 40. it? Like early 80s? Was it early 80s? Ah, that's something we should know. I, yeah. Oh, I could be wrong. I but, know the, I think the book was 77. The book was in the 70s. Yeah, uh, I, th I thought maybe the movie was like shortly after like 82, 84. No, not the Shing. What the fuck, Google? <laughs> Eight, 1980. Holy oh, God. so it's actually, what when what, what day was it released on in 1980? May 23rd, 1980. So we're a little over the 40th anniversary, but hey. That was just, just in time for it to probably like start opening back up. Mm -hmm. You know, people watch that movie and they're like, I want to go stay there. Probably <laughs> bought in some, brought in some cool. good business for... People that like spooky stuff. Oh, I mean, now, I mean, if we want to talk about it, uh, mm. the Stanley Hotel has like their own like movie channel and the Shining plays 24 7. No shit. Yep. Wait, do you mean like internal to the hotel? Yeah. Like That's on their uh, TVs. Awesome. They also apparently sell, I didn't know this, but I had a friend that talked about going to the Stanley Hotel and like they didn't stay there, but they were able to like explore it and kind of visit. And I guess they have like a gift shop where you can buy Jack Nicholson bobbleheads. I was gonna Probably. say a Jack Nicholson blow up doll. <laughs> oh, oh, cool. <laughs> Here's Johnny. Um, <laughs> but no, like um, they said, they bought the uh, the Shining book, and then they also bought a uh, mug there too. So they're definitely profiting, from leaning the, leaning into it yeah. as rightfully so. I mean, oh, I would, oh, yeah, oh yeah. Well, I mean, embrace it. Absolutely. Oh, I mean, not to mention, I mean. If you look, hey, you said not to mention it. Don't do it. Okay, but like if you look at like the Overlook Hotel, like especially represented in Stanley Kubrick's film and the actual like Stanley Hotel, they look strikingly similar too. So, mm -hmm. and then didn't uh, didn't Stephen King try to do his own version of like yeah he did like a movie for, made for yeah, TV yeah, made, right? TV, yeah. made for TV yeah. version because yeah. he wanted to make a more accurate depiction but of people. But he got a lot of flack a, for it. People hated it. A less good version is another way to put it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. You can't compete with Kubrick. 
Mm, no. You know, since this is probably the only time I'll get to wedge it in edgewise, <laughs> uh, unless we do an episode on Kubrick sometime or something like that. Research it, man. Yeah. Uh, if you want some interesting rabbit hole to go down to, go down with Kubrick and, and The Shining. Go look into the whole thing about uh, not Alice the, in Wonderland. The the moon landing. Uh, oh references God! Yeah. In the Shining. That's oh, uh, that's pretty so interesting many, yeah. stuff, man. I'll just leave it at that for now. You know, I feel like we need more stuff. Maybe we can talk about that sometime. But yeah, if you, if you want to do a little homework on your own, we're talking about the show. Oh, yeah, it's super interesting. Maybe, maybe look into it. It's pretty uh, pretty fascinating. Any hoozle. Well, as far as uh, the buildup there, the the upbringing of the Stanleys, that's all I have. You know, I could conclude with one died in a freak car accident and the other one died at the age of 91 due to heart failure. But uh, that's hey, as he, good as it gets. I mean, hey, he didn't die from tuberculosis. That's, so. that's the thing. That's the thing. You know, Freeland Oscar, he lasted until he was 91 and just died of heart failure. Good for him. Fuck. You know what? Yeah. 91? Yeah, dude. That's 91 for that? I, I, I mean, it's not especially, unheard of. Like, but, well, no, but especially good. back then. I mean, yeah, hell, like, Eddie Van Halen just died at 65. Oh, Damn. Oh, God. RIP. I know. Um, Two episodes in a row. I've, I've, I've told my fiance, I'm like, if I make it to 90 years old on my 90th birthday, I'm going to try crack because, you know, at that <laughs> hey, point, fuck it, yeah. at 90, I mean, like, you're 90 years old, man. What? They'll be like, oh, he hey. never got to. You oh, know what I, I would do if I were you? I would just try everything at once. Honestly, because no, he'll definitely just... die. Because well, yeah, I get to ninety five, I'll do heroin. Hey. <laughs> well, yeah, just go out. On, on Think a... about it, dude. Go when out we're ninety, we'll have future crack, so it's going to be like even better. <laughs> <Crack>. <laughs> yeah, fuck past crack. That's bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're going to yeah. have super crack. That's like Neanderthal crack. We yeah, do not, we do not endorse crack. That primitive primordial we bullshit. Put 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 it put in a little put a little jingle or a little pup pup yeah. We here at the farthest reaches do not condone the use of illicit substances in any way. Matt does for personal pleasure. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Weed's fine. It's okay. Josh, this is a this is a this is a straight edge podcast. <laughs> uh, even though we've had Matt get drunk while recording, that's not true. You can't prove that. You can't breathalyze him. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> you can't prove that in a court of law. Oh, you can tell by the end of that episode. Things got sloppy. I don't think so. I did a great job. Matt always is sloppy, though. Pat on the back for me. Thank you. <laughs> anyway. Yep. <laughs> so, like I said, that's uh, that's it with the history. Now, I guess I'll move on to the more the uh, spooky, ghostly stuff of it. Oh. Spooky. So, Ghost. To my knowledge, to the research that I did, I can't really find too many, like, staple ghosts and i don't mean ones that like work at staples or shoot staple guns you know none of that stuff my steepler but i can't find any like tales like when uh pavilia had the uh yeah. the witch doctor i can't find anything like that right I, well there, i there's, found a few actually yeah there's, there are a few yeah i can't find any that i feel like are repeated over and over and over for me at least i found probably about five or six i feel like yeah because what uh, did you guys find I know a lot of people say that they see Stanley roaming the uh, hotel themselves. He tends to be down in like the uh, the party room because they have like a billiards table, uh-huh. and there are times in there that they hear um, what sounds like there is a party going on. Um, I know that they have kind of like a ballroom as well. Yeah, and, they have like a concert hall as yeah, well. And with um, Stanley's wife, she was like a violinist, as you had mentioned before, and like she was a very big fan of like like music was her life. Like she loved yeah, she's pianist, yeah, music and all that. Um, Definitely thought you said penis. <laughs> Where's but, your head at? Um, people 
talk about hearing piano and coming like piano like sounds of piano and violin coming from the ballroom themselves but when they enter the room they there's nothing there we'll see and interesting enough i did have a friend i remember the he was on facebook live talking about this he was on tour uh with his band and they went to visit the stanley hotel and he was mentioning that while they were exploring uh one evening they were walking by the ballroom and he distinctly heard the sound of what sounded like music coming from the room. And when they walked in, there was nothing in there. Now, see, what I was going to say is I, I hear about the music, but I never hear it always 100% associated with Flora. It's not always associated with her, but a lot of people just kind of do, I think, just out of respect for her. Because, I mean, if you look, there's no like distinct record of like people dying at the hotel itself, but a lot of people think it's just one of those things where they were so attached to it that in the afternight life when they passed away, they decided to exploit. Because, I mean, if you think about it, they put their life into this. And that brings me to uh, a point I wanted to make, if I remembered, which you helped me do. Uh, Brady, I mentioned this to Josh before, but since Ghost, since the laws of physics do not apply to them, seemingly, do you seemingly. think... Do you think Ghost's real obviously uh are actually like grounded to a location or can just walk freely because i wouldn't even know the, where to start with that man because well, when i hear what a point is i heard from someone is like you know the earth's constantly rotating and sure. it's like do these ghosts actually move with the earth for example or do they move around on their own since they always seem to be tied to places yet laws of physics and I such I was going to say that the only thing with that is there there's so much behind that I mean it's a hard you can we could talk for hours about what could be and what possibly well yeah cuz i mean with the whole there not being anybody that supposedly has died in the hotel and they talk about like why would it be haunted then i mean you could also bring into uh, That's kind of my point exactly. It's well, like, did they could, wander there? You could also, well, um, limestone has always been like a big thing yeah. where people talk about like, you know, the spirit world. Like they're and quartz. Did you take yeah, quartz, Brady? Yeah, quartz, yeah, they're yeah. attached to like the limestone and like they can't get out or like it attracts it's, them or some shit. Yeah. But the uh, area where the hotel is has a lot of limestone. I okay. Meant, I definitely meant to, to look into that because <clears> I came across the same stuff that you're talking about on that sense and... I'm interested on what the, let's say the, what the. Cause my thing with your, like what you're talking about is like, I mean, you have those kind of like the residual hauntings that I think it's residual. I might be getting my, the different types of hauntings mixed up, but there's the ones that seem to just constantly repeat yeah. like what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And then there's the ones that seem to be like the more free roaming. Um, just everything's kind of changing. So I, what mean, I mean, what if the residual is just, them free roaming, but they want to be residual. Well, the other the other thing you get into with those legends, I guess, would be sometimes people don't have to die in a place to be attached to it. You know, I feel like that's something yeah. that, that you hear a lot in ghost stories where it's like <clears throat> the person didn't die at this particular place, but they were really attached to it. It was their childhood home, whatever it may be. Maybe they didn't die in the location, but maybe they were really attached to it. And somehow that 
matters I, yeah I, you know i don't i don't know you yeah know, because you're talking in levels of stuff where it's like ah you know i don't even know where you'd begin with that yeah exactly but but just to run with the premise that that could be a possibility of too maybe maybe a bunch of people have just been there and they really enjoyed spending their time there and you know they're they're attached to it for some reason maybe i, mean, maybe I can believe that. it well i mean, I mean I, you also the, have to look at like disney i mean people haven't died at disney but like the parks they're talked about being haunted because people go there and like spread their family's ashes and shit like that and that could possibly be sounds a like king's too. island yeah remember when ghost hunters went there and they didn't find no. shit well i mean <laughs> they, find, did. they didn't find well shit. i mean there have been a couple people that have died at king's island well yes. yeah but i guess yeah. not i guess not every death would be necessarily the uh but perfect so for a ghost no you're bringing up the limestone quartz thing and that's something i kind of meant to dig into a little bit more i just never really <clears> ended up getting around to it because usually those concepts they like to root it. They, as in the people that like will run with those premises, yeah. they like to root it in some sort of like materialistic or like secular kind of, you know, however you want to phrase it. So, something, something we like have more or less scientifically proven as much as you can prove something. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, well, this, you know, maybe that maybe this quartz has so many naturally has so many valence electrons or something, and maybe that's how blah 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 blah. You know, yeah. it, you know, I I didn't really go down that. I'm not a materials guy or anything like that. So I don't really know all that stuff off the top of my head. I would be interested to see what the reasoning for that is, where it's just, oh, it just seems to line up a lot. It's like, well, yeah, you know, systems are so complex, it's kind of hard to say one way or another. It's like, oh well just th this common occurrence. Like, yeah, but what other common occurrences could there be you know is it working the way we think it works that being said <clears throat> i i don't know i mean i i if, if i were to lean one way if somebody if nobody had died there i think it'd be more like the attachment thing would be you know assuming that any of this is a thing yeah i think it'd be the attachment thing that'd be my guess i mean that's what i'd have to go with because i mean hell there's even the uh case with the maid that we talked about earlier who, yeah, no, I did find that one. Elizabeth find, Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Who, like, I mean, it, that all ties to the room 271? Yeah. Well, 217, yeah. And, I'll say I can read my little ooh. excerpt here if you'd like. Okay, yeah, I go ahead. So right. Elizabeth Wilson, she was the housekeeper of the Stanley Hotel up until the 1950s when she passed away. And like Josh said, even though we don't really have any death records of anyone dying on the property, um, it is her spirit that is thought to inhabit the room that Stephen King stayed in, which is 217. Uh, very strange poltergeist activity has been recorded in this room with doors opening and closing by themselves and light switching on and off throughout the night. Room uh, 217, of course, inspired King for his novel, The Shining, when his wife and he were their only, oh, excuse me, were the only overnight guests due to the place closing down for the season. But I think legend has it, you know, they were looking for a place to stay. They came across a, a, a closed off road, had to go somewhere else, came across a Stanley. And of course, yeah. it's Stephen King. So they're like, yeah, sure, why not stay? And, uh, during well, the, at the time, ooh, Stephen well, King was relatively unknown. So I have a big list of different ghost stories from this place. I don't know what you're able to gather up. You just want me to run down. I have a version of that, but it's a little more narrative. It's a little more like... I mean, I have a list of, of ghostly things people have reported. Yeah. But nothing that's like stagnant and is constantly happening. Okay. Like besides <clears throat> Elizabeth w w uh, Wilson that they see. <laughs> you could say Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> I did. I was about to say it. Um, <clears throat> Here, here's what I have. Okay. I'll just go ahead and read it off and we'll... Well, let me, just, let me just say this. To end my piece here, during the night, uh, apparently Stephen King woke up due to a nightmare of his three-year-old son being chased yes. through the corridors and screaming. And yeah. then that's how, like, he decided to, like, get up, go outside, smoke, and then he had the whole plot of his head before yep. he went back to bed or something being ridiculous. Being chased by a fucking fire hose monster. <laughs> like, like you do. 
Like he, like you do. He explained it. It was like some fire hose was like chasing his son, and it like was trying to strangle him and eat him. And I was like, "What the fuck?" That sounds about right for Stephen King. But yeah, go ahead, Brady, with your piece on Elizabeth yeah. Wilson because mine is not enough. And I have, I have a few things. Well, it's just kind of that retelling of the same thing of Room Two Seventeen in this case. So I just want to put my my source here as far as where I'm going to get these. It's 17 Unsettling Staff and Guest Stories of Hauntings at the Hotel The Shining is based on by Chrissy Stockton at the thoughtcatalog.com. It's one of those, I guess, like kind of like a WordPress kind of site. Okay. I, I don't really okay. know too much about it, but it's somewhere she's compiled a bunch of things. I was reading it last night. I thought it was uh, pretty well done. So thank you, Chrissy Stockton, for all your hard work. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, room 217. The hotel was getting ready to shut down for the season due to the fact that they did not have heat in the hotel, kind of as we said earlier, uh, and wouldn't until the 80s, apparently. And it was just too cold, so they were very, the staff was very surprised when Mr. King showed up unexpectedly with his family. They were stuck in a snowstorm, and so were offered bedding for the night, making them essentially the only people in the hotel. Later on, when exploring the halls of the hotel... King witnessed an apparition of a womb that woman that not womb a woman that chilled him to the bone. The apparition was said to be that of a former employee who was the head maid. Many years before, the hotel had lost power due to a storm, and she was asked by the manager of the hotel to go through and light the lamps, their backup source of light at the time. What no one knew was there was a gas leak in one of the rooms. When she opened the door. Her open flame ignited the gas and essentially blew the room apart and sent her through the floor and into the room a story down. Let me just say, if that ever happens to you, like, not you, like anyone, (laughs) could you imagine just how fucking frightened you'd be to open any other door ever again? Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. At least with an open flame. I I think you'd be so fucked from that. I don't even think carrying a flame would matter. I think yeah. you just open a door and you just be like, <laughs> that every give you some, time. Some door PTSD. Please yeah. continue. Um, that room that she fell into. That room? Or actually, I can't tell if this is trying to say the room that was a story down or the room that she went in that blew her up. Can't really tell. And this was room 217. The same room Stephen King was staying in the night he was visiting the hotel. Now, the maid did survive this catastrophe and went on to work at the hotel for a few more years, but she still sticks around. Stephen King hadn't been stuck in a snowstorm and offered boarding, we wouldn't have The Shining. Now, one thing I also do want to add, um, if you think about, so 217, now the numbers are a little bit mixed up, but there is the uh, world record for the scene where Wendy's backing up the stairs and like swinging the baseball bat at Jack. Yeah. That scene was shot 127 times. Ooh. So someone's just dyslexic. So 127, 217, you know, those numbers have some kind of like correlation. Yeah. Yeah, they're jumbled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still, that's, that's, that's cool. Do you know anything, Matt? I'm just kind of running down the list here. Also, I want to say real quick, that's yeah. fucking dedication to be pretty much just, you know, blown to like that's the first floor at your job. And then you're just like, you know what? I'll come back and help. You know what's dedication? Is Tiger King coming in? Joe Exotic, his employee, getting, oh, yeah. getting her nice. arm ripped off by a tiger and still working there and yep. not filing any charges at all. Yeah, that was huge. Yeah, that's some wild stuff. Now I'm going to throw this in here since I just mentioned it. But October, oh God, 29th, 28th or so. Uh, guess, guess what's happening at Joe Exotic Zoo? Oh, uh, Ghost Adventures. Ghost Adventures is fucking. 
investigating it. Yeah, because, you know, I've never heard anything about that place being haunted, ghost but tigers! I guess they're going to go fucking be there. They, the ghost they, tigers, they, bro. They, re- they reached out to him, to Zach and the crew. And they're, going, they're going. They're going. Well, of course, because they're, oh, yeah, they're trying to keep in the limelight now that fucking, uh, what's your face? Uh, Kyle Baskin, Carol Baskin owns it. Wasn't she, isn't she on Dancing with the Stars? She already got eliminated. Well, that doesn't surprise me. I uh, missed oh, the name, but I heard on the radio that some a couple other people uh, were arrested. Doc, uh, the guy that had like, the sex cult, he, yeah, he, the... he was just like arrested or something like that. And it's like yeah. Carol Baskin's the only one of that television series that has not been arrested. Well, minus the the characters that didn't like make too much of an appearance yeah. uh, compared to Doc or Joe. But the other ones have all been arrested or something. Okay. Anyway. Well, welcome back, to the farthest yeah. Tiger King. Yeah, Jesus. Back to more important things. Do you have anything on your record here about uh, Room 401? I found something with Room 401. Same source. A lot of these are going to be the same source. How many rooms are in okay. this place? 400. I think 420. Something like that. No, it's it's like... Uh, and there's I know it goes four to, floors to well, it. Well, it goes to Room 4. I think like... So it's probably like maybe 20 rooms a floor. Josh, you look... Yeah, I know, the, the, well, I know the fourth floor is like... Supposedly like has the most activity. Yeah. Call them up. Yeah, call them up. Ask them what's going on. I'll call them right now. Room number 401. 142 rooms. 142 rooms. Wow, you're almost mm. dyslexic there, Brady. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Room 401. A male ghost who some believe to be an Irishman named Lord Dunruvan is reported to be in this room. Room 401, if you need a reminder. Although he never visited the hotel in his life... As it was built 20 years after he left Estes Park, it was built on land he once owned. In the closet, women could feel their hair being played with, an arm around their shoulder or waist, Hell yeah. or a hand moving up the back of their leg. Men don't particularly feel welcome in this room sometimes, as they have felt someone is pressing them into bed or their jewelry disappearing. Nice. How much jewelry you wear, Matt? I'm not saying nice about that. This was the room where Jason of the Ghost Hunters television show had his drinking glass, which was set on the nightstand, implode while he was sleeping. The closet door also opened and closed on its own. I do remember that. They got some good stuff in there. Well, in the uh, closet door they talk about, um, that's one of the things, like in that room, pretty much anybody that has stayed there has gone on record to say that the closet door is known to open and close. So let me just make this point again, basically. I just want to say... When I found no reoccurring, I guess, stories, I, I can't, I guess, express how much I meant on reoccurring. Like the Earl there that you just mentioned. Yeah. Like, excuse me, he was a lord. It's a different my, rank. My bad. My bad. It, but it doesn't, I know, it doesn't sound like always like them, I guess. It, it essentially just seems like there's certain activity that's tied to certain rooms. And some yeah. of it seems to be like reoccurring. Like, I, I know there's one room that, People talk about seeing a man with like a cowboy hat yes. standing over the bed, yes. staring at him while they sleep, which is fucking terrifying. <laughs> well, actually, I'll go ahead and skip to that one then. Room number 428. A ghost cowboy tends to frequent this room. A couple a few years back awoke to find a Wild West cowboy pacing at the end of their bed. Could you imagine waking up to that? And you're just sleeping in some hotel and you see... Like cowboy, just no. Nope. Hey, hey, oh. you fucking yeehaw! Let's See, go. That, that's something I actually have right here. <laughs> after after watching him for a few minutes, they politely asked him to leave, which he did, but not before leaning over the lady as if kissing her. 
Female guests sometimes wait to find him leaning in for a kiss on the forehead. What a creep. Let's me he, too this He's like, I ghost. am the rootinest, tootinest spirit in all of Colorado. Um, another thing I remember hearing with the, oh, what was her name? Elizabeth. Uh, Warren? Yeah. <laughs> Wilson. Yeah, Elizabeth Wilson. Uh, they talked about how if um, couples that aren't married stay in the room, she they say that they like if they're sleeping in the same bed, they say it feels like there's like a cold force between them while they try to sleep, which a lot of people think it's her separating them out. That's just fear and despair. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Silly Elizabeth. Well, one thing I want to point out about some of these spirits is that back in the day, the fourth floor of the Stanley Hotel, Yes. Uh, well, it was designed for the children that would stay there and their nannies. And then the second and third floors were for single women and married couples. And then the single men actually had their own bachelor house, which is the manor house, uh, all to themselves in a totally separate building. The fourth floor was technically in two parts. One half was the children's wing and the other was for the nannies. And these two areas were separated by one room, room 401. And that was known as the nanny's lounge. And it's been reported there that people have seen apparitions um, like women and uh, they hear high heels. They uh, hear female voices and they even see doors shutting on their own. But the uh, most prominent ghost activity seems to be hearing children. Allegedly, a lot of paranormal experiences happen in room 418. Staff that work at the hotel believe that this room is by far one of the most haunted locations in the building, even though I hear that about 217 and countless other rooms, honestly. On numerous occasions, guests have been awoken by the sound of children playing outside the room door when they get out of bed to uh, shout at the kids in the corridor they find nobody. On other occasions, the occupants of the room have heard children crying throughout the night in the rooms either side of them. When they complained about the children the next morning, they were told that there were no kids currently staying at the hotel. Yeah, I hate that. Most disturbingly, the beds in 418 often give off the impression someone is sleeping on them and there are deep body-shaped impressions laid into the mattress as if an invisible being is laying down there. Now, there are many complaints throughout the year from visitors who have awoken to find their blankets taken off of them and folded neatly at the end of the bed. God damn it, I was using that. No kid makes their bed like that. No well, kid makes their bed, period. Well, that could be one of the maids. Well, I mean, I'm I've saying heard, this... I've heard that one before, too, On the, with all this. It's like, oh, the maid, like, will... Like, make your better. Well, light up your mind shoes your own goddamn nice business. Well, there's also been a couple cases where people have said, like, they'll leave their uh, luggage in the room and, like, go exploring, and they'll come back and find it all in, like, the I drawers and shit. I was literally just about to bring that up because I listened to a gentleman named Connor J. Randall. Um, he has two names. You can't trust him. Uh, hell, first names. hell, Jay could be Jason for all I know. It'd be three names, dude. What, just, do you, what do you do with people like that? Aren't they usually serial killers? Yeah, a uh, lot of times. Usually, 99%. <laughs> no, but Connor... Believe it or not. Uh, Brady, have you ever watched Hellier? No. Okay. I know I know Josh has. <laughs> I know I was supposed to watch just since we talked about it like in an episode mm-hmm. a year ago. I'm really on top of things. <laughs> so uh, Connor is the gentleman, um, you know, had like a full beard or whatnot. He did the Estes method. He put the blindfold oh, on, I think, okay. the first initial time. Yeah. He grew up in Colorado his whole life, and he actually was a concierge at the Stanley Hotel. Oh, that's cool. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is is also in accordance with um, my findings about ghost stories because when I heard a couple interviews of him, he never mentioned half the stories we just mentioned. He mentioned a couple um, that he had experienced on his own and that he had learned because he he did paranormal tours there. 
And yep. then they would do paranormal nights for seven hours, and he did history tours. So he knew the history about the place, but he never mentioned these stories. Maybe just lack of for the interview. I was going to say, or he just didn't stay in those rooms to experience it. Well, I mean, no, like the history. Yeah. I mean, he never brought up, you know, the Earl or Lord of Donut or whatever the fuck you said. Dunraven? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Not Donut. Yeah, by the way, mine says Earl for whatever fucking reason. Well, mine says Lord. See, this is where it's conflicting. I don't mm-hmm. know. Well, listen, we're talking about a guy that, that never went to the place, so... Yeah. I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, this guy, um, like I said, there's a concierge there, so he knew a lot about this stuff. Uh, he was the one that I actually heard what you just said, where he was the concierge, and someone came down and said, hey, because the Stanley Hotel used hey. to host uh, business conferences as well. Yeah. And this gentleman said, hey, I uh, was packing my stuff up. I had a bunch of suitcases in my room. They were open. My clothes were in it. Went down to my con- or the conference. On my way back up, all my suitcases are outside my hotel room, stacked neatly, packed with my clothes in front of my door, as if like get out. And Connor says I went up there and I witnessed it for my for myself. Obviously, Connor never saw anything else leading up to that except them just sitting outside his door. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, very very weird, very interesting though. Do you have anything about the concert hall? That is literally my next section. Talking about Paul. Paul and Lucy. Paul, Lucy, um, Connor mentions those, and uh, a couple others I think that he found. There's a there's a, a series on the Dark Zone, if anybody wants to check it out, called Spirits of the Stanley, I believe what it is. And they do some incredible uh, investigative work there, Connor does, and his little team and whatnot. And they encounter some uh, Lucy and... Um, I think, and I think the other one's Paul. But uh, they have some good EVPs too. If you want to listen to them, some really clear, crisp EVPs that I have no explanation for, to be honest. Let's check it out. So, a former worker known as Paul, who used to enforce curfew, died of a heart attack while en route to the hospital from the hotel. People have heard faint, get out, or excuse me, get out. Yeah. <laughs> if in the concert hall after hours, shushing or flickering the flashlights of tour groups. A construction worker even believes Paul was tough enough to nudge him to the door uh, after feeling two arms pull him back when he was sanding the floor. Also, the basement of the concert hall is said to be haunted by a 12 to 13 year old girl named Lucy who was forced to leave due to construction beginning and uh, froze to death since the night was below freezing. But there are no records of Lucy ever existing. And now the EVPs that I'm going to refer back to from Connor here. One he believes of Paul, and one he believes of Lucy. And the the EVP, one of the EVPs with Lucy is, I mean, clear. There's no interference, and it just says, come out and play. I mean, it's almost like someone literally had a fucking tape recorder and just played it. But what's crazy is the Paul one to me is uh, you can hear someone in the background just literally yell, like, hey. uh, And uh, no one one acknowledges it at all. Hey, I'm talking to you. Uh, one place I know that they play them, if anyone's interested in a better podcast, is Astonishing Legends, uh, their episode of, of the Stanley Hotel with with Connor, actually. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so what do you have on Paul Brady? Anything Anything uh, about different? The same. No, about, the, about same? the same. Lucy, about the same? About the same. Actually, I found something where there's an alleged photo of Lucy. I have, have seen, seen this, this photo. Okay, so I was looking at this uh, last night. I, I mean, maybe I have. I don't yeah, know. Maybe you have. I was looking at this last night while I was in bed, and I had like the night mode on my phone turned on, my brightness to, to turn down super low. So the first time I saw this, I just saw this outline of this big dude, 
And I'm like, that's clearly a guy. Like what, what, like it's, then I read the, the captions below. It's like, Oh, that's the tour guide, but there's this little girl. So, so here's the, the story, uh, from the point of view of the person that took the photo. Sure. Over the weekend, about 15 co-workers and myself had our company trip to the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, known for being Stephen King's inspiration for The Shining. We took an 8 p.m. ghost tour where we joined about 15 other people to get guided around the property and told stories about its history and creepy things that are said to have happened. We were told to take lots of pictures, I'm sure, to try and capture orbs or ghosts. Many green orbs were caught in pictures, but I don't think anything is as creepy as the photo taken by my co-worker. And that photo has a little girl in a hot pink dress who is definitely not on their tour. And this is allegedly a photo of Lucy. Maybe it's something we can include on the Instagram. Yeah, it um, is a very creepy photo. So I didn't notice since I had my brightness turned down. Whoa. So that girl standing there. Now see, that's like clear as right? day, man. Yeah, like I mean, it, it's it, it is essentially a pretty creepy photo, like with that history. Now, if you know there actually wasn't a little girl in that tour group. Yeah. yeah, with I, a bright pink dress assu- like that, you would think they'd notice it. Assuming it wasn't oh, a yeah. staged photo, yes, it's very creepy. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I think we should definitely toss that up on the Instagram. I yeah. think uh, ghost hunters when they went and investigated the Stanley, I think they, um, oh god, I want to say the tale of Lucy and where she died on the property, or 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 where a little girl, at least somewhat, died on the property they caught some EVPs of like giggling and laughter and such. Yeah, I believe you're right. But, but yeah, talking about, um, you know, EVPs that no one notices, like the Paul one where you, you hear multiple people and you can clearly tell by the EVP that it, um, the one that goes, Hey, he's way off in the distance. They're not up on it, but it makes you think if they don't acknowledge that in real time, they don't actually hear it. But the EVP catches that. How do you think that's possible? Now, I know some people say maybe it's above, like, the human register for yeah. going to hear. But, like, 98% of recorders record what the humans can hear. Well, well, not only that, but, I mean, regardless of the source, you're, if it's if it's out of the audible range for your, for the human ear, you're not going to be able to hear it no matter if it, if you're standing, you know. It's it's like a dog whistle, right? Yeah. You, know, you can record it. Oh, I just bumped my pop filter. That's great. You can record yourself blowing a dog whistle and play it back. You're not. You're still not going to hear it. Yeah, exactly. Say, well, because there's a lot of cases, I mean, half the time with any paranormal, it doesn't matter if it's like the, the big ones on TV or the ones that like amateur ones you see on like uh, YouTube or whatever. But a lot of the EVPs they capture, they don't hear with their own ears. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, you're exactly correct. It's almost like they're somehow electronically, digitally, like imprinting their voices on it. I think that's the kind of the, the theory with EVPs is that yeah. they're manipulating It's the, just easier to... The equipment. Hard, yeah, the equipment, the hardware, whatever it may be. Yeah, it's just easier to manipulate the uh, airwaves or whatever. And that's why like the like echo boxes and stuff like that are a popular thing too, which I fucking hate because they're so loud. Uh, uh, God, what are they called? Sound boxes? Really? Uh, spirit boxes? Spirit boxes. Yeah, there's spirit boxes and all that. Which... um. I do like Connor here, how he uh, created the Estes method, which uses a spirit box. But what it is, is you have noise, like complete noise-canceling headphones on, and you wear a blindfold, and you sit in the chair, and you listen to the spirit box, and you say every possible thing you hear out loud. And then uh, two, uh, it's suggested, like two more people, and one of them is writing down everything that's heard from not only the person that's using the spirit box, but the other person who's actually asking questions. And of course, half the time, you know, you don't 
get anything uh, that's of any significance, but sometimes you do. And yes, they scan multiple, multiple frequencies like radio stations and whatnot. Yeah. I will say, though, that one of the EVPs that Connor had caught was using a spirit box. You hear stuff like that. I think one time you hear nut chop. Yeah, a little bit of gibberish, yeah. But they said um, something like, who's there? Or, Paul, if that's you, let us know, or something like that. And then, I mean, as if someone's in the room, you just hear, Paul, clears fucking day out of that spirit box. It's weird, man. It's creepy. Yeah, it's it's strange because, I mean, all the spirit box is doing is just doing a a frequency sweep across radio stations. That's, That's all it's doing. Um. A obviously, I don't know the shocked up to pareidolia. Yeah, you know, and honestly, I don't know the lot. geographical location exactly of everything at the time, but he did say that there were um, obviously radio waves travel long distance, but they were high up to where they didn't they wouldn't have too much interference as if say maybe here. Sure. Well, I mean, it depends what what free, what they were sweeping if they were doing an FM or an AM sweep too, because well, I mean, AM yeah, radio they're just close to a mountain that'll just cut you off too. Well, no, but I mean, well, AM radio transmits quite a hell of a way dude mm-hmm. especially if you have nothing obstruct which you would think mountains it depends how mountain range depends depends where any radio tower would be i mean especially with like talk radio that works out really nicely because am is mostly talk radio there's a lot of people saying things so i mean it's really easy to chop some- i don't know you know it's weird it's totally weird because i guess the theory is that the the spirits like kind of manipulate the the receiver i think is like what the thought is that it, that it manipulates i guess like what it manipulates the, the sweeping of the frequency let's put it that you know let's yeah, say sure. it's going from you know 80 megahertz to 120 megahertz and it's manipulating that scan you know i don't know i'm kind of kind of skeptical of the concept that being said i've heard really weird stuff out of them before i've seen yeah. people use them and it's so freaky and yeah exactly what you're well, talking about. it's like it's i mean something I, so perfect it's like man that's weird though i i it have is. it really i is. have one i think i've played for you guys before yeah. that my sister had sent me that sounds just like my uncle who was handicapped like the moans and cries that he'd that he would make it's, it yeah. sounds dead on like that it's, he had been it's just weird i'm telling you guys uh i'll say this now when we do our episode with um, like listener emails. Um, I will tell about one of my own stories, if not maybe my own, all my hauntings. And you guys are obviously more welcome or welcome to do the same. But I will include an EVP I have from one of mine that is so fucking, oh. so fucking crystal clear. I have the it really makes the legends. Me, it the, really the legendary. It really makes me think that it was one of us that did it. I, but, I, yeah. but none of us have any recollection. I, I'm I'm a person who. You know, I want it to be real more than anything, but there's no way I'm going to, to overstep that boundary to falsely make it real. To, I'm not fucking doing it. To amp up for the listeners here, this is one of the few things that I have ever heard within, within this like subject matter that has made my jaw drop and I have questioned and I remember there have been many times that I've been with Matt. I'm like, Matt, did you, did you fake? Like, you, you know, tell me the truth. Are you just trying to screw with me here? You know, like are you trying to screw with us? Cause this happened when, you know, I won't get into all the details now, but we were, it was like a few years ago was, we were younger. So I didn't know at the time. I'm like, Oh, is Matt trying to pull a quick one on us? Yeah. Whenever we do that, it's and I'll say for the wild for background of it. I mean, the house is nothing special. Um, as far as I know, no one's died in it. It's just like if you decided to wake up one morning and, I don't know, buy on Amazon, same-day delivery, some EVP recorder, and then just go down to your basement record. That's all it was. But we caught two instances, and I'll say the first one sounds really up close to the recorder, so you automatically know that it's not me or one of the other participants. 
if it was Wild. if it was one of them, it was the person that had the EVP. But it doesn't it doesn't sound like him to me, honestly. Yeah. Well, and you know, talking about equipment and stuff, this also kind of correlates to the yeah, future episode idea you were talking to me about too, which we'll have to dive in more about different equipment that you can use for paranormal investigation. Oh yeah, I just I'd I, love to... I just texted Josh today. Yeah. I was like, I thought about another series for this, and it, it might not be like another series. Well, like, I think we talked about that a little bit before too about what I think wanting to do at. an episode just yeah. about the equipment yeah. and the methods that people use, and I, the different types of hauntings and stuff like that. I would love to talk about that. Um, speaking of spirit boxes and all of that, I have a little more. Like I said, I'm I'm skeptical of it, but that being said. At least with the one where it does a radio frequency sweep, that's kind of interesting to me. As opposed to some people, some people make these ones where it will pull from internet radio. And that just makes no damn sense to me whatsoever. That seems completely arbitrary. It will shuffle internet radio stations in a similar manner of a frequency sweep. And it's very easy to manufacture something out of that because yeah, Yeah. you can just take a bunch of talk podcast kind of things. You know what I mean? And you can, it's really easy to manufacture. Oh my God. You mean someone out there with a spirit box right now is going to hear me go crust. (laughs) It's pot. If if we're played on some internet radio station, possibly shit. All right. Well, is there any more that we want to talk about with Stanley? I had one other thing, but let's see if Matt has it. Matt, do you have anything really interesting that I was very surprised to learn? Uh, The only other two things I have here are two other cases. Room 302 and for room 407. I have an extra one that isn't on that list. Though. Do it, so, man. So No, you say go ahead. Room 302, there have been reports of male shadow figures walking near the walls and photos flying off the walls uh, along with a small table even levitating. Now, don't quote me on this. I can't remember, but there is a Ghost Hunters video, excuse me, episode where someone's sitting at a table and the camera, the main camera that you're looking at, the cameraman, he put the camera on the table, I think, or it's very close to the table, and all of a sudden the whole table just jumps up out of the I, fucking yeah, air. I, I do and remember And the cameraman that. screams bloody murder and walks back and says, whoa, beep, yeah, beep, 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 beep. I, and the I, guy's I, like, I didn't fucking do anything, man. I do remember that, yeah. That's probably a whole different episode, but I just thought I'd say that. I think it is yep. the Stanley no, Hotel. No, I, I think it is, yeah. Okay, well. 407 now, uh, guests who have stayed there have felt as if someone's trying to tuck them into bed. And what's creepier? Tucking you into bed, walking around the bed, or someone like removing the covers off the bed to you? To me, it would be the yanking off like the blanket. Same. Mostly because in like every horror movie that that happens, it's more, mostly a demonic entity True. at that point. It's a pretty aggressive True. act. The, yeah. co- the cover goes and then the foot's grabbed and just pulled. Yeah. Yeah. But being tucked in, I don't know. Like, Kind of seems. I mean, it would still creep seems me out. Nice. You know, you know the tuck. So the tucking in. Oh yeah, the tuck. I don't. I don't like that. <laughs> don't like the put yanking off. The walking. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna share a detail about myself. I like to sleep with a sleep mask on, because I don't have curtains hung up in my apartment. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can walk around because if I wake up in the middle of the night, I just I have something covering my eyes the entire time. So I don't care yeah. if I'm not aware. You know, see no evil, dude. You know, you know what I mean. Like yeah, it won't. It won't. Sure, walk around me. I don't care. <laughs> as long as, just don't bother me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so besides tucking in the bed, covers will be dragged off, uh, or excuse me, covers being dragged back onto guests who kept kicking them off throughout the night. And then others have also felt someone sit at the edge of the bed during the night only to find a slight indentation. Ooh. I, I just like to imagine, like, you're trying to kick the cover off because you're getting hot and the ghost is like, no. No. Stay warm. Burn, we don't have Burn. <laughs> we don't have heat here. You'll freeze. Right? Well, that, like, that sounds like Paul. That is kind of like a way that they, I mean, if it yeah, is a thing, I think, think it, it, yeah, nice it's kind way. of a theory, yeah. Less of a 
<laughs> oh, Brady might be onto something there. Yeah, it's just Casper the friendly ghost, guys. So is that it for your uh, your haunt your hauntings in this? I building? would say I would say yeah, yeah. Well, there's one more interesting one that I was very surprised to uh, stumble across. Oh, okay. And if it surprises Brady, I bet it'll surprise and me. We have not talked about it in this entire thing. This is, comes news. from tripsavvy.com with two V's. Wait, Trip Savvy? Is that like a TripAdvisor kind of site trying I, to get I, you to go to that place? I think it is, but that's fine. Okay, okay. It's the seven most haunted spots in the Stanley Hotel. And it talks about a lot of the ones that we talked about. Um, The seven most haunted spots in the Stanley Hotel. Here's where you're most likely to spot a ghost at the Stanley Hotel. Written by Brittany, 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 Anas, Anas, don't know how to pronounce it. Anas? A-N-A-S. An ass. Um, and yeah. Um, and fact-checked fact by Patrice ass. J. Williams. And you know what? I trust Patrice J. Williams. Okay, okay. So I'm going to go and skip down to a number seven on this list. Oh, the last and final one. The Underground Caves. Oh, yeah. Did ghost hunters investigate if, these? If you go on the 75-minute night spirit tour at the Stanley Hotel, and you don't have to be a hotel guest to get in, but you should book in advance. Your tour will come to an eerie halt at the end with a visit to the underground cave system. Now, just a little like yeah. add-in. These cave systems were used mostly for like the staff and stuff, just to be able to move around easily. The next sentence in this was, workers moved about the hotel <laughs> through the caves in the early days, so it makes sense that this is a popular haunt. Skeptics will pass off the haunts as breezes from the historic piping and ventilation systems. But beneath the hotel is a higher than average concentration of limestone and quartz, which some ghost hunters believe help capture energy at the property. 100% true. I was listening to a podcast and they talked about, um, I guess, down in the tunnels, they also occasionally see like a ghost cat. Yeah, because isn't there like a cemetery nearby where I think... I think I've heard a ghost cat and a ghost dog, a golden retriever, to be exact. Is that is that where Stephen King wrote Pet Cemetery? They, <laughs> they make that connection, too. Obviously, well, they say no, of course, but uh, no, they do bring that up. It is kind of wild to think, like, at this time when Stephen King was staying there, like, he was relatively unknown. I'm like, he was still, like, he was known, but it wasn't, like, as big as he is now. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, you have a nightmare that inspires probably one of the most influential well one of the most influential like books and movies at the time like sure. it's just crazy isn't it though yeah yeah it's wild <laughs> you, this, you, this is the fourth hour of the uh talk show of the farthest reaches uh, i hope you found our guests very entertaining today um you know how pissed off i'd be if my spirit box was scanning that <laughs> God damn it, Larry you, King, you're not there dead. You go. Exactly, exactly. He isn't dead. I know. I oh, said, that's oh, what I said. Okay, I said, I you're you, not dead. We're moving on. Moving into no, the you, you stop that. <laughs> so, yeah, that, I would say, is the Stanley Hotel. Now, I'm going to say we all need to, like, next year, like, when it's safe to travel, hopefully it's safe to yeah. travel, we, we need to all book a trip. Yeah, just go there. Yeah. Whatever. Zimber open. Is Colorado open? Ah. Hey. Ah. You're fine. Hey, there's some fun stuff we can get in Colorado. Put on put on put on 17 masks. We'll be good. Dude, I I had so many plans for this year for this pod this yep. podcast. Whether it be to go 
investigate to stuff Hills. or go or yeah or just go to see these places and it was all shit on 2021 baby we hope yeah, i say i think i think at least some of it's probably opened up now yeah so yeah i don't what know else, i guess dog? i just want to enjoy it like quote unquote normal like it would have been waverly you know what i mean waverly hills was for they should tuberculosis patients so they should it, be i mean yeah. is there honestly a better place you could be under <laughs> the current and, conditions in pavilia island why don't we just yeah all right we're going to italy boys <laughs> yeah let's go <laughs> me. wait they won't they won't take us will they I don't think I we're don't allowed know. to go there. I was reading. I was reading an interesting article today. Apparently, Australia is going to lock down their country and not allow people to travel out of it until 2022, when everybody has been vaccinated because they're doing mandatory vaccinations. I'm like, holy that's, damn! Uh, yeah, fuck. That's not solid. That's not concrete. You know, obviously, yeah. I'm not is a Austra- reporter or anything. It's just something I saw. You know, whatever. Is Australia that gigantic, like, big trash pile that floats on the ocean? Is that what Australia is? Oh, man, taking a shot at the Aussies. All right. Fuck so, you fuck Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, I can get behind that message. <laughs> <laughs> Just Steve Irwin's all right, though. I think So I assume we're all kind of on the same page with the Stanley Hotel. Josh. Haunted as fuck. Haunted as, haunted as fuck. I, I do believe that there's definitely some activity there. I feel like with everything that's come out of it. I would say... Are you are you done or should I? Well, <laughs> are you done? Well, it's weird. It's are like he done? ended at the perfect time I started talking because I didn't know if he was done or not. No, well, I, I mean, well, I mean, I pretty much was. I mean, I do think it's haunted. I I feel like there's been enough evidence that have been brought out by different groups, and then I like people that have witnessed it like themselves, like yeah. that weren't part I mean, of some, like these big yeah, groups some and real stuff credible like individuals and or teams have really gone in there and dug up some good things. That Connor guy I was mentioning, man, he seems like a really intelligent, down-to-earth, respectful, just accepting individual. And I don't know where his mind at mind is at when it comes to certain paranormal aspects. But um, I would say for myself, though, if ghosts, <laughs> if they exist, I would say the Stanley Hotel would probably be a good hotspot. It's hard for me to accept that... Ghosts, spirits, whatever really exists. I would almost say out of all the evidence that I have collected, my meter leans a little bit towards more skeptical than at all, to be honest. After we hyped up that EVP earlier. (laughs) I know. I know. I mean, it's good stuff, but it's just not enough to throw me to the other side, to be honest. Um, but I mean, it's always good to kind of sit on that bar because that way you're you're easy. rational. You're a lot more acceptable of like trying to debunk. Like if you to hear something or whatever because that's kind of like i mean i'm kind of with you like i like to believe in a lot of these stories but when it comes down to like the nitty-gritty i am a little bit more in the middle yeah because like obviously i'm not there to experience what these people experience so i can't say yay or nay but like for my own experiences i like to try to debunk anything that i've encountered but there are definitely some things that i cannot explain that i've encountered my evp man i'm gonna keep going back to it i cannot explain it but see that's like see even though my meter, like I said, is is landing on that side, just a little bit more towards skeptical, and I have an EVP that I would say, by watching plenty of ghost shows, would be probably a like class A EVP. That even that is not enough to pull me over to believe, even though it happened to me. And I remember us three sitting in the room playing back on Windows Media Player the whole thing, and then as soon as we heard the bigger of the two evps our jaws just dropping to the fucking floor flabbergasted not knowing what to do what to think 
but yeah, that's that's where I stand. If they do exist, if I am ever to believe, I would say that the Stanley Hotel is without a doubt a uh, a hot spot for the paranormal. Definitely haunted. Well, you well you over there <laughs> falling asleep over there? Uh, Me talking? Yeah, it just keeps going on. No, um, <laughs> it's definitely a spooky place. Definitely a lot of uh, good ghost stories out of it. You know, you gotta love that. Gotta have some have some respect for that. You know, so you believe. I believe that probably some unexplainable stuff has happened to people in there. But the, the other things that my mind go to are, you know, you have that basis of, oh, this this place inspired The Shining. Mm, it's pretty spooky. It freaked out Stephen King. And he's like, you know, one of the biggest horror writers ever. Mm-hmm. And then you go in with that mentality and then you kind of want something to happen to you. And then, or, you know, yeah. whatever, whatever the mentality may be. I don't know. But that being said, I can't really just dismiss and say that every single thing somebody's claimed has happened to them is not real or there's a large, you know, or a, a materialistic explanation for it. I don't know. It definitely sounds like there's some weird stuff going on there, man. Sounds like it'd be an interesting place. I'd be nervous to stay there, to put it even oh, lightly. Yeah. I'd be a little paranoid, depending on which room I would pick, and maybe that would be even be enough to, you know, push over that that edge you were talking about. You know, but you'd, as far but you'd as still go. Would I still go? I'm. I don't know. You know, I'm kind of definitely lean skeptical on these things, but I also don't like don't like messing with things I don't understand, like yeah. a Ouija board. Sure. I mean, I don't know, man. No, I mean that's that's, that's fair. Don't like tempting fate. Am I am I skeptical? Yeah, highly. Are there a lot of reasons to be skeptical of things like this? Insurmountable. Definitely. Insurmountable. But that being said, it's like, do you want to tempt fate? And you call that a little superstitious? Maybe it is. You know, I think we're all a little superstitious in a way. Oh yeah. So whatever. Superstitious. Man, I love that fucking oh, song. song. Megadeth's version. Fuck. Fantastic. Uh, I will Shout say again on the on the background for my EVP. It was during a Ouija board session. Yes, it was. What giving away all the details? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I can't help it. No more, no more, no more. All right, but yeah, no, uh, super interesting place. I kind of line up with you, Matt. You know, it's, I, I don't think it's as extreme as uh, the Italian island. What was it called again? Pavilia. Pavilia. Thank you. I was like provolone. I'm like, no, it's not provolone. (laughs) Pavilia. I I don't think it's as extreme of a history as Pavilia or Waverly Hills. But that being said, Um, Jim Carrey. Was also yeah, he, at the same Yeah, uh, I forgot. I actually forgot about that when they were filming Dumb and Dumber. There, there oh, are scenes. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. There are scenes uh, there, and he stayed in one of the rooms, like two seventeen. I think. I think he did stay in two seventeen, and he called the front desk in the middle of the night asking to like, I want another room. But to this day, he still won't mention like what has happened. And if you're going to believe anybody, it's Jim Carrey, <laughs> right? <laughs> I believe his artwork. His art's really fucking rad. Seems a little unhinged, but <laughs> that's why his art's so fucking good. No, I agree. I like an Ace Ventura when Cannibal Corpse was there. That was cool. Yes. Uh, this this sums it up, the whole Stanley Hotel experience. Yep. Unless, of course, you want to fly there or drive there and experience it yourself. Or walk and there. Th- then that, no. Forrest uh, Gump style, uh, right? Start running. You could, yeah, you could. Make sure you wear a lot of warm clothing because yeah. uh, it can get pretty cold up there. Um, if you have ever been to the Stanley Hotel, or you know anybody that's yeah. been to the Stanley Hotel, go ahead and shoot us an email. Just going to remind you that one last time, the farthest reaches podcast. At yes, gmail.com. please, please do. Yeah, I'd love to hear anybody's stories if they had any experiences or anything like that. Hell, that'd be awesome to add into the Absolutely. spooky episode. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. I mean, I have no problem, no matter what episode, updating uh, past episodes of people's experiences, you know? And if we keep getting them in, who knows? Maybe we'll do one or two of those bad boys a month. Send those emails send those emails and with that i'm josh josh you fucked it up i'm matt 
that's Brady. <laughs> All right, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, everyone. We here at the Farthest Reaches want to say thank you because you, the listeners, make all of this possible. Please share our podcast with your friends, your family, or total strangers. You can find and connect with us on Facebook at the Farthest Reaches Podcast, Instagram at the Farthest Reaches, or Twitter at TFR Pod Official. There, we will be posting all sorts of strange stuff and updates for upcoming episodes and whatever else we get ourselves into. If you would like to share a personal story by chance, then you can reach us at our email, thefarthestreachespodcast at gmail. We would love to hear from you, and maybe we will even tell your story to the world. In the meantime, though, explore the elusive. Seek the knowledge of the obscure, and together we can translate this strange language of reality into something that we can understand. With that said, thanks for tuning in.